Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's episode 23. Today is July 22, 2020. Uh, Josh, we are coming off of an extremely um, high heat week. Last week, we've had a little bit of a tick back in the in those high temperatures, a touch of a, of a cool off here in terms of temps, but looks like those are going to tick back up as we move back into the weekend. Um, but regardless, I think what's on everyone's mind right now is what's going to happen in these crops. What are those key things that we're thinking about as we as we move into this week? Yeah, it, um, it's been a busy um, stretch here. Um, a lot of that brought on by the, the heat we've had. And it's an interesting, you know, been injuring week here. It seems like beans hit R3 the same time uh, fungicide kind of hit that window for, for tassel and, and fungicide applications. Uh, a lot of applications, a lot of aerial stuff going on. And, and that's definitely a good to see that uh, we're getting this done kind of, you know, with the GDUs earlier than usual than average, which is good to see. You know, GDU-wise, Allie, um, you know, we're progressing right along. We're at 1420 um, as of Monday in Preston, trending 128 uh, above the average. That's about um, 225 ahead of last year. So we're trending uh, well ahead, you know, maybe upwards of, you know, 12 to 14 days ahead of a year ago, which is which is a good pace. Um, you know, a couple things, um, you know, we did a lot of scouting ahead of uh, fungicide applications, Allie. Maybe we weren't seeing a lot of diseases. Plants were pretty clean. Um, that's one thing that we're really starting to see change here a little bit. Um, some diseases starting to show up and, um, you know, we're, we still got some time for fungicide applications. Uh, some scouting for some gray leaf spot or northern corn leaf blight uh, could be beneficial, but that's something we can chat here a little bit about as well. But Allie, really kind of the big news here the last 10 days in the corn crop has just been the um, the heavy pressure of corn rootworm we're seeing, especially maybe east of Highway 52, and probably something we want to spend a little bit of time on. Yeah, I, I think so too. And like you said, we can maybe hit on what we're seeing disease-wise a little bit later in the show. But on the corn rootworm side of things, I do agree with you that it seems that you know these incidences keep presenting themselves a little more prominently as you're east of 52. That's not to say that as we get west of 52 on some of those acres that are three plus years corn on corn or maybe some of those accident situations where we put a double product on a corn on corn acre that we're, we're seeing that feeding. But as we focus on what you're seeing in your area, uh, whether it's the wind that maybe exposed some of these issues, or even just you know that poor root development that we're starting to notice in those cases, what are the things that we need to be doing right now to understand, is this an issue on our operation, is this not? Yeah, and, and we need to, to do a lot of scouting here um, the next, really over the next three to five weeks. And uh, and just to, to go back for our listeners, Allie, we talk about, you know, why are we seeing more of an east of 52 compared to west? And historically, if you just look at the cropping rotations as you go east, we tend to run just a much higher percentage of corn on corn. There's just a few less soybean acres uh, as we get into some of the rolly country and, and, and a little bit more of maybe some you know, white mold pressure of soybeans that, that kind of keep us on corn on corn. That's why we usually see a much higher incidence of, of pressure increasing as we go east. But, um, you know, some of the feeding we're seeing right now, if I kind of go back through really bad years, this is probably the worst I've seen um, for feeding in, in beetle counts uh, probably since 2012. Um, you know, we had a winter in there after 2012 that really kind of reset this for us, uh, that really kind of knocked out the western uh, corn rootworm population completely and we kind of just dealt with northerns for for maybe six seven years and now we got both populations that are kind of on the rise and we talked about this last year a lot that we saw pressure starting to come up a little bit uh, had a very mild winter and now boom we're here uh, but you know depending on you know we can't predict Ellie what will happen this winter but when we have this kind of pressure 
um, right now we really got to start thinking about the 2021 crop and the only way we're going to be able to gauge from that pressure is to to do some pretty intensive scouting of beetle populations here uh, the next three to five weeks uh, in the corn crop couple ways we can do that, Allie. We can do that with sticky traps. Uh, it can be a little bit labor intensive. We'll probably do a little bit of work on that and share our results. But you can do that visually. Um, uh, I know it, it's never comfortable to be walking corn this time of year with pollen and the heat and everything else. But if you do really want to gauge pressure, if you can just get out in your field and just, I just like to stand in one place, Allie, um, and just kind of observe beetles around me. And, you know, if I'm seeing maybe one every other plant, that's, you know, that's, probably low to moderate pressure. If I start seeing one every plant, I'm getting concerned. If I start seeing two beetles on every plant per average, that's what I'm gonna be really concerned with. That's just some simple guidelines of what we'd be looking for. Well, and I like having a couple of different options because like you mentioned, sticky trapping is pretty labor intensive. You know, it's gonna be important for us to start gauging numbers on are we seeing more westerns or northern? Um, but it is important to remember that if you're sticky trapping or if you're out in your field observing these beetle populations, that information is basically only relevant to that exact field. So going to, to vary drastically from field to field, depending on management of those fields, how long it's been corn on corn. So that's just something to, to keep in mind, just because as we start throwing out what our counts have been in one particular field, uh, still important to get out in your field, even if it is geographically close to some of those to understand what is what is actually happening there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, we're starting to get close to break here, Allie. And maybe when we come out of break, we can go through, um, you know, depending on what kind of numbers we're seeing, what are, you know, what's our best option for the 2021? Is it staying corn? Is it trade insecticide? Maybe we'll kind of go through some of those numbers and just lay a few guidelines. And we'll talk a little bit of uh, disease and fungicide here uh, to close out the show. <laughs> 